Hello, my love, and welcome back to the Nikki Tastic podcast, where we learn from legendary people, truly brilliant minds, and some exceptional healers on how to create a fantastic life for yourself. I'm Dr. Nikki, and together we are going to explore ancient wisdoms to latest technologies on how to optimize your system and get you feeling lit up every day. Are you ready to live a fantastic life? Let's get started. Oh, my loves, do I have a high vibration being to introduce you to. Bryant Wood is the co-founder of Modern Nirvana. He is a master breathwork instructor and energy healer. He has worked with large companies such as Discover, Spotify, Biohacking Conference, and Rhythmia. He has a list of certifications, but most important, he is an exceptional being, whom I am so delighted and honored to introduce you to. Welcome, Bryant. Uh, thank you so much, Nikki, and grateful for everyone else that's joining us listening this today i really loved in our in my introduction that you said exceptional human being i'm like if you're going to call me one thing just call me a good person (laughs) that's all we need that's easy my darling (laughs) all right we are going to get into all of your favorite consciousness expanding practices but i want to start with a question that can be really challenging for people because it feels like bragging But it's actually the first step in creating a fantastic life for yourself, and that's silencing the inner critic and becoming our best cheerleader. So with that in mind, we must celebrate our unique greatness. So what makes you fantastic? Oh, what a beautiful question. And I I feel like anyone that's listening to this, for you to answer this for yourself is also super important. (laughs) So so I guess what makes me fantastic is uh, my willingness to transform and change and my ability to be present in a state of love. Um, I have been so many different versions of, my, of myself up into this point, and I keep refining and playing and expanding myself into behaviors that I really enjoy. And I think I could, if I could sum it up with one quote that really allowed me to participate in the human experience again, it's from Richard Rudd, and he goes, rest unattached in the supreme state of being, but participate in the world's evolution. Love yeah. that. Isn't that powerful? Love yeah. that. So important. It's like celebrate your unique greatness and uh, expand in your consciousness and seek expansion. So beautiful. And, you know, keep it light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're definitely like me in that, in that way. I, I've, I think both of us are, are explorers of the consciousness and we, we want to expand what's possible, right? You should just do a podcast of you laughing and have people laugh along with you. Uh, it's intoxicating. It's so <laughs> healing. So sweet. Thank you. So sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, I love reading about your adventures. You've studied with some Buddhist sanghas, Sufi mystics, ancient African high priests. Um, what were you seeking in those encounters? Was it just expansion or were you overcoming something? Hmm. I want to premise it with this is you never know what mind someone goes home to at night. So it doesn't matter what their external experience looks like. We really cannot judge anyone because we don't know what kind of demons that they're battling. And the funny thing is, is that all those demons are illusions. And yet we have to face each and every one to figure out who we are when we stand against them. So everything that I was experiencing was my body trying to put myself into something to allow my, uh, allow myself to feel something other than what I was currently feeling. So what I want to say is you can have the most mystical experience in this moment, no matter where you're at, just being in awe and wonder of your life in the present moment. 
everything that you create outside yourself, it's kind of just like icing on the cake, you know? So I, I fly to uh, the Grand Canyon and I hike barefoot 10 miles. You know what I mean? I wrap river raft 90 miles. I meet with elders, talk to astronauts. Like all that stuff is, is it's very good because when you're, when you're experiencing new information, your body is, uh, is also transforming. And there's nothing outside yourself that you need to truly feel what you're desiring to feel. So it's like, once you're home within, and we hear it all the time, you know, home, I love myself, I'm in harmony, it's so good in here, my thoughts are pretty good, I can like hang out with them, they don't bug me too much, I know they're not important, but they're still existing, you know, and, and then when you figure that out, right, when you're able to be in that state of, I call parasympathetic nervous system, where you access spiritual sustenance, where you can uh, reconsolidate all your memories, when you can let go of your past, when you can feel your most powerful and infinite and loving and then create those kind of behaviors and experiences in the future then when you step into reality when you've done the work it doesn't matter if you're going to the grocery store or 7-eleven or freaking uh your family's house which could be the most triggering you're still going to really enjoy the experience 100 percent, i love that yeah yeah i don't what, know if that answers your question at it, all, but... it does it does what is what is doing the work look like to you you can only know where you're going by knowing where you've been and doing the work to me is making a different choice than I previously did, knowing that that choice is perceived more productive than the last one. And in each moment when you're evolving your ability to take care of your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, you're creating a container for consciousness to express through you that is more effective in the world. And when you're in your gifts, when you're in your power, when you're in a loving state, you know, everything is in super flow. Um, so that's the doing the work for me. It's like sitting down, knowing when you have a limitation because in your respiratory system, your breathing contracts, your blood pressure rises, you start having a heightened heartbeat, all those things start to happen. And you know, wow, I'm triggered right now. It's a really good moment to sit down, Feel it fully. Don't be scared of it. Feel it fully, right? And then expand and breathe into it and feel your most powerful. So that, I think, is the spiritual work. And the rest is like being a good human being, like I said, being kind to your family, helping out other people, like smiling at the person that walks by you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But before you order any food, asking how the person's doing. You know, it's like basic like connection, I guess. Um, and through that, is an, it's, a, it's an act of doing. So everything that you're spiritually learning internally now you're offering, making an offering to your experience that I am actually this person. Mm, beautiful. How do you help people feel it versus be overcome by it or consumed by it? There's a, there's a difference there. You can feel your anger but versus being angry. How do, like, how do you stay in that observer well, mode? So let's go to the science approach first, because I know you appreciate that. Yes. Scientifically, when we're angry, biologically, right, like neurochemically, what's, what's happening emotionally, we're only accessing those chemicals for about two minutes. So emotionally, we're only angry for two minutes. Anything after that is just making you an angry person, you know? Got it. That being said, if you want to be overcome by it, don't half-ass it. Most of us are at a simmering six, a little bit ticked off. I'm a little pissed off, but I'm not really showing it, but I'm burning alive from the inside. What you can do is release it, right? Obviously find the good outlet for whatever that is, whether it's screaming on top of a mountaintop or like I call it the pillow, the cigarette. Uh, what is it when you put a cigarette out? What's like the ashtray of yeah. the universe, you know, because you can just grab your pillow, put it in your face and scream as loud as you can. Son of a mother. 
what the? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can release those emotions. And uh, what we're doing with that is we're just creating space, more space, more space to, again, let our natural state, which is this, uh, this consciousness to come through us and express. Love it. So true. Important to release. That's a really important point, right? The animals do it by shaking off, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can Look do it by ears. It's yeah, true. It or wackle, wiggle your tail, like whatever. <laughs> like, woo! <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so I know you love breath work, but are there, what is your favorite consciousness expanding kind of practice to do? Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite questions. Um, because what if in each moment we, or what if at least once during a day we did something to expand our consciousness? Mm. Or access higher quantities of consciousness. One of my favorite teachers, Swami Rama, he's passed, but and he was the master of the Himalayan Institute and like the forefront of breath work. He's the one that could change the temperature in either one of his hands. He was a legend. And he said um, that it's much more about the consciousness than the mechanics. Okay. And what he did is he utilized meditation and breath work to access higher quantities of consciousness. So if you want to talk about like, practical use, meditation, breath work, or other dance, all these things. I like to, um, so, what is the word? Submerge? Submerge myself self into an experience so fully he becomes it, right? So fully a big one experience. That's how I expand myself. So anytime I'm around someone like yourself that's doing extraordinary things, anytime I'm listening to information like this podcast, anytime I'm you know watching someone that's speaking to thousands and thousands of people because I know that I can do that too, and more importantly, I expand myself so greatly, and I believe that everybody can do that too, right? So you, you start to see the people that are doing the best in their craft, know that you can do it as well, and come up with something completely your own, but then more importantly, trust and feel and expand and know that it's possible for everybody. 100% all in. All in, let's go. I love it. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> can, you <share> one of your, <laughs> can you share how, how do you meditate, for example? What do you, what's your process? Good question. Yeah, meditation is super simple when you just uh, ritualize it, right? So I ground my lower half of my body, so from sacral chakra down, which is about two inches below your belly button, and I ground it deep into the earth. And a couple uh, Taoist perspectives is like you use like, um, you can use anything that feels right to you in the moment. So like a steel coil, um, waterfall, uh, a rope, and you can just send it into the earth, wrap it around its core, and then the, and scientifically what you want to feel is you want to feel gravity on your skin and you want to feel it pulling you down. So as dense as you can feel connected to mother Gaia. And what that does is it new, anything that you're holding on, not aware of, you can send it to the earth. And then from about belly button up, right? You start raising your spine, you breathe deep, and then you see how high you can expand yourself. So I'm, I'm always like breathe into the farthest star, breathe into the edge of the universe. And you want to go higher, 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 right? Because when, when you ground the body, you can go higher. And when you reach that, this is going to sound silly, but it's the truest thing I could ever say, and it heals everything. When you reach your authentic best medicine, which is like your gifts and your soul's vibration, which is above you, you can bring down that vibration and that energy that's uniquely to you through your body. And you can feel yourself up, feel your org filled up with it, and, and then begin to heal yourself. Because imagine all your organs, your heart, everything's vibrational, everything is vi your body's vibrational. So when you access your highest state of vibration, automatically your cells are going to heal. So you want to constantly do that every day. And that's balancing the body that's harmonizing it. And, and then it's accessing your unique medicine, which is uh, your authenticity and your gifts by by elevating that frequency. 
Wow, I have never heard it explained that way. Healing through accessing your unique gifts. Please share more. That's brilliant. Yeah, so let's say that like there's like one source and in, in, again, everyone that has, wait, let me premise with this. This is a good way to put it. Anything that I say, please disregard if you haven't directly experienced it yourself. So let's keep it light in that regard. So when you meditate and you bring yourself up, right? And your, your body's gone, you bring yourself up. Think of the, the, the one energy or just energy in general. It, when it expresses through, it expresses through a kaleidoscope of human eyes, right? If you think about in, in, in neuroscience, it's called metacognition. There's something that's observing the, the thoughts, the behaviors, et cetera. But energetically, you can think of an upward spiral. When you reach a certain point, you have access to your most primordial, unique um, gift, which is your vibrational energy. And this could be any color that's unique to you. It could be any density. It could be sparkly. It could be anything. Like mine's like, you know, pink and blue stardust, you know, whatever. (laughs) And when you access that and you change and you bring it in, you feel it and you bring it down. And they call this Eden Pangala, which is the back of your uh, crown chakra. You bring it down your spine, down those two channels and you crisscross it. Right. And you mix it with that earth energy. And there's, this is where alchemy comes in, right? It's alchemizing emotions, it's alchemizing energy. And you can do that with your awareness is you, I do like 85% earth energy and the rest of that soul's energy. And I mix it in and then I draw it up through my spine. And this is what's called the Shishuma. And this is where the Kundalini energy should be channeled up. And don't get me into that because mine went the wrong channel, psychosis, dark night of the soul. Like I've had it a tough time, everybody. So if you're gonna wake up your Kundalini, figure out how to do it properly. So, okay, so you're bringing it up the Shishuma, right? Da, 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 it's coming up, right? The earth energy and your soul's energy. And then it goes out your crown, right? Into your auric field. And I wish I could show you a picture of this, but think about it about 10 inches above your head into a 360 degree direction, about arms width distance, and then into the earth and then grounded into the earth, right? And this is all visualization. And what that does is it allows you to be, uh, well, you're creating more of yourself within yourself. Wow. So if you think of karma, karma is the conditioned mind and it's all the thing, it's environmental, it's childhood trauma, it's all these things. And when you're able to meditate and rise your vibration and go into the kind of the silence of things, you're able to access your authenticity. And I couldn't put it any better. And if you win this game of life when you're able to be yourself. And I'm like, so simple. But how do I even get to myself? Like, what is myself? Who am I? What's going on? You know, 22, crying every night in bed, trying to figure out what's going on in this thing, you know? And um, it's really just energetics. Wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> so you do this every morning? Uh, most of the time, yeah. Um, I do that or I do like a Osho shake meditation too, which I really enjoy. Um, where I just shake for 15 minutes and I stick my tongue out. Sometimes I do it nude in the sun. You know, I'm like... <laughs> Breathing through it in throughout my nose. <laughs> you know, pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. I've experienced your shaking at the Modern Nirvana conference. It was brilliant. Oh, good. Did you like that? Yeah, it was super fun. It, it just makes it oh, so much lighter. What a delight to see you there. That was so amazing. Yeah, I really everyone that, uh, is, everyone that's listening, we had a Modern Nirvana conference um, where we gave Deepak Chopra an award for consciousness. And Dave Asprey was a keynote. Nikki graced us with her presence. And then my business partners and dear friends, uh, Frank Ellery and Kat Graham, um, you know, it was something we worked really hard on. It was cool to create an experience that um, really helped a lot of people's lives. And it took us, you know, a year straight to create. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, here, all of you have fun for one day. We'll work on it for a year. 
<laughs> Amazing. Yeah, you guys did a perfect job. It was wonderful oh, from good. beginning to the end. Yeah. Don't miss yeah. that one. If you're going to do it again next year, I hope you do. Um, I oh, highly, but... highly advise you guys to get to that. Uh, all right. So what's one lesson you've learned in life? One lesson I've learned in life. Mm. That's like the question. It's like, what do you know for certain? Hmm. And there's only really two answers. It's like, the universe loves me and nothing. <laughs> nice. And I know nothing. <laughs> wow. Um, but one, one lesson, and you know, I'll bring it back to the breath just because that's my child's plane. It's where I've spent the most hours doing. So I feel most confident offering that to everyone listening. Yeah. Um, the way you breathe life matters. So they call it pranayama because... You know, 8,000 years ago, it was a practice to extend life force energy. And they realized that when you're breathing in, you're not only breathing air, you're also breathing in that energy. And when you're able to unite your awareness, which is, again, that observer within the playground of your mind, think of it, your inner God, your inner child, your inner life. And when you're placing that awareness on top of the breath energetically and say, oh, I want to breathe life with peace, love and compassion. And then you slowly breathe that peace, love and compassion into your body. You're creating the foundational state that will then be your stage in reality. So, I mean, what's more important? I mean, again, this is because I'm a breathwork instructor. I'm always going to say my modality is the best, you know, but it could be, it could just, it's just my direct experience, but it's like, how are you breathing life? You know, like before anything else, are you breathing life in a joyful way? Does it feel good to you? Are you being authentic with your breath? Are you taking more than you need? Are you taking care of yourself? You know? So, um, I think that's one really deep, deep lesson I learned that is something that I have access to every step of my journey. That's been really beneficial. Huge, huge breathwork has been my favorite. I mean, I've done the plant medicine. I've done, you know, all of, all of the work <laughs> and, and breathwork. I love the most because it's, there's no toxicity. You can access it. You can get in and out within half an hour and like shed years of limiting beliefs and all this stuff that holds you back and step into your power. It's the ultimate, in my opinion, it's the ultimate modality to stepping into your power. Mm, absolutely. And also feel it, and also recognize where your power has been given away. Yeah. Huge. Because those environments or people will contract your breathing pattern and then you're like, ah, not today, devil. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. You are newly in love, correct? Mm hmm What has that taught you? Wow. My first time answering something like this. I'm really excited to see who I am within this experience. <sighs> what has love taught me? What has love taught me? Um, I'm definitely not as enlightened as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i normally learn when i hang out with my mom <laughs> yeah totally, totally. um um you just yeah i mean i'm at this point where i'm so immersed in this experience with my beloved that you almost you you start to become the person you've always known you wanted to be. I think that's probably the right thing to say. Mm. 
Um, and everyone that's listening right this, you can't see my face, but my eyes are closed and I'm really filling into this. And this is my first relationship. So, you know, I'm really good at like uh, a lot of things that I've really dove into, but this is the first time where my soul's expanded in this way. So whoever's listening, you're getting information from pretty much a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, it's hard for me because like my heart feels so much and I love so hard. And then like, I don't know how to control my emotions when it comes to someone that's like so important to me. So I get lost in the chaos and I come back to all my modalities and it's like a constant like river and like back to the ocean you know where like any sense of separation between us and this is probably the most unhealthy thing you'll ever hear but any sense of separation it's so impactful to our nervous system and it feels like we're dying you know because the love is so strong so what i've learned is to really just be patient with myself she's amazing she's doing great <laughs> But, you know, but just really be patient with myself as I evolve into, uh, you know, it goes from like the Peter Pan to the man and then probably back to the child. If you think of like Kafka, but, you know, it's it's been really a profound awakening within myself to love someone and put them above all else. Mm. And I I probably wouldn't say that as like, a again, I'm discovering what's the healthiest behavior to implement to make this the most success. I've always been interested in my own internal state. Now I'm very invested in someone else's. So, you know, ask me this question in a week, I'll have a, a, a different answer. And then ask me in five years, I'm going to have a different answer. You know, it's going to continue to evolve because this is what's my dristy, they say, my, my North Star is my focus point. And then everything else is a bonus. Mm. So beautiful. I, I think a true healthy relationship First of all, you attract, I've learned something. You, you've attract the person that helps you heal your core wounds. So if they trigger you, it's actually a blessing. They're in service, which is not what you think. You're like, I want to see a relationship as like, we lift each other up and we put each, you know, like we, we get to our highest best selves by lifting each other. But sometimes it's the knockdown that then you're like, oh, I had a lot to work on. <laughs> you're so, you're so right. And let me just premise from my state of experience, I could hear that information a thousand times. And until I make a decision or something in devotion to that understanding where I directly experience it, it's sore for me to live by that every step of the way. I'm like, I'm still so attached to my triggers and that emotional core wounding that I'm so grateful for because more gifts are blossoming from. And she's definitely loving me and all my beautiful like childhood you know, nonsense, which wasn't that bad. So I really don't have an excuse. Um, but I'm with you, you know, and I completely, I completely agree with you. But what I'm looking for is a grokking. You ever heard of, you heard no. of stranger in a strange land? So grokking is when you know something so well that you become it. Ah, okay. You know, share, share so, more. So again, don't take anything I say for truth. Question me, question yourself. But when I'm in it with her and she's in it with me and something triggers at no point. Am I all of a sudden appreciative of the trigger that is naturally <laughs> arising as an impulse based on this situation? Again, 30 minutes, an hour down the line. Yes. Before like two weeks ago, it was like three hours down the line. You know, it's getting quicker for sure. My recovery period. Right. Because again, as we said, biologically, if you're angry more than two minutes, you're just an angry person. And so I'm like, 
so experiential, I'm really coming into healing all this deep stuff. So I, I, I said I've really done as much as I could within the world to um, love it completely, but not be too attached to it. So it never had an effect on me. I always had it. I always had it in my heart, but never as something that had power over me. And now I've surrendered to it so fully that I really got to, I get to lose myself and be reborn anew. And granted, again, this is a very, I, I'm explaining it in kind of like a chaotic approach. It's much more grounded, but I'm just kind of giving you the, the poetry of my heart right now. Beautiful. Are you, are you willing to share one trigger or one uh, core wound that you, you, she's helped you work on? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, there's a couple that are good, but I would say my main one is retro retrospective jealousy. Um, retrospective jealousy, I would say it's when someone has done something in the past and you get like a an, like a visceral emotional reaction, thinking that they shouldn't have done the thing that they did or the thing that happened to them shouldn't have happened to them. It's really interesting that I have this and I've had this programming since I was a kid and I don't know what karmically it comes from and I'm able to understand it now because I've brought the light of my awareness to it, but it's still very visceral and very real for me. So anytime that we're talking about her past and, and my first initial reaction is to dig for information that makes me miserable and suffer. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what is the thing that will break my heart the fastest? And how can I, you know, because bi bi biologically my body's chemically used to feeling this suffering from a female partner because in the past I've had these heartbreaks and wounds. Oh, wow. So it's fucking intense. Like I'm such a theatrical, like weirdo, you know, but it's very real to me. So going into that, she, we just know not to go into those triggers as much. And she is so unconditionally loving with wherever I'm at, you know, it's, 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 she's, and this is, a, if you think of energetics, like David Data, she plays the masculine in those roles energetically because she's so unwavering with her love. And my wounded feminine has such a breath of fresh air because I know that it's not going to be left within its insecurities. And through that is almost instant beautification and healing and also transcendence. And then I effortlessly can come into unwavering masculine energy because that's what my natural state is. I'm like, I don't know, macho is a good word, but like, I'm really like loving, you know, I got you. Like I can direct this energy for the, and let your heart be the truth of the experience. And I'm, and I can direct us into a greater expansion of God. I feel very comfortable with that. But then there's all the other things that come up too, you know? Wow. So, <laughs> so powerful. You know, it's, it takes a, a commitment to each other to help each other grow. Right. And, and to... what about, what about, what about your love life? Give us some tips here. <laughs> they're, they're getting like a B-lister over here. Give uh, <laughs> me some good stuff. I'm the interviewer, not the... <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Um, no, you know, my love life has actually kind of been non-existent. I've been single for eight years and um, it, it's been a journey. I, I know I've needed that time to grow personally, to become who I am now. And then I'm now a vibrational match to the right person. But it took eight years of, of personal development and, and getting out the limiting beliefs, getting out the, the deep-rooted core pain that, um, sadly, my mother passed down unintentionally, but she just had her own shitty childhood. She passed it down to me, and she projected it onto me, and I've had to get that out of my body. And so I think I feel now I've done enough of the breath work enough of the healing to really get that out of my system. Yeah, exactly. I, I've gotten it out of my system and I feel for the first time in my life, I know exactly who I am. I know how powerful I am. 
I know that I radiate love. That's my purpose. And I, I'm here to inspire. And, and so I, I'm so connected to who I am now that I resonate a, a vibration that's going to attract the perfect mate. So he's coming. You're he's close. stoked for you. Stoked. This guy's going to be a legend. <laughs> exactly. Or, or whoever, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, it's true. God. I mean, I, I want exceptional. I, um, and, and so that's, that's, it's kind of, it's here. And I had to, but I had to grow myself first. So, yeah. You heard it here first, everyone. Listen to Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my love. Uh, if you could speak to the collective consciousness as it is today and what it's experiencing today, what message would you share? Mm. Mm. You know, the, the collective consciousness has so many meanings to me. It's like the one consciousness that knows everything and deeply understands me. And then it's the collective programming that we're all learning how to bust loose from. Yes. Um, I think that's, I think for the sake of this, uh, answer, I'm going to talk to the collective programming. Yes. Um, and say, <laughs> you are not your thoughts. <laughs> um, and everything that you do is an act of what you want to create in your future. So pay attention to how you do the small stuff. Um, create new experiences for yourself to be lived, not thought about. Um, and practice being in the light. And what I mean by that is you can do anything, but do it from a cheerful heart and it can really have a great impact on this planet. Um, the Sufis say, if you smile at one person in the neighborhood and they get happier, the whole neighborhood gets happier. Uh, so I think that's a good reference. Yeah, so I'll end with that. I love that. You know, it's true. It's so easy to smile. It, 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 smile. Smile. I do. I walk yeah. around smiling all the time. People smile like they like light up and smile back. At I know. Me. That's how I met you. I'm like, what is going on here? You're like <laughs> six foot smiling, laughing. I'm like, whoa. Because I mean, you know, there's so much to smile about if we just focus on what we, everything we have. Oh my goodness, and everything we are. We're just such powerful, beautiful beings. You can radiate love and happiness all day long. Do it. Do it. And it's a choice, right? It's really a choice. Oh, that's a good point too, is uh, I would say everyone that's having a problem with mindfulness um, because of their trauma, just know it's a choice. Because a lot of the time, mindfulness practices can be triggering too. So just know everything you're doing when you're healing is a choice. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, where you place your thoughts and, and directing your thoughts is actually what will direct your life. Because you can manifest mm. your life by, by controlling is such a harsh word, but controlling your thoughts, like directing your thoughts on, um, I, I teach my clients to shift away from what they don't want and what they fear happening towards what they want to create and who they need to be cr to create it. If you focus all your attention there, you can manifest so quickly. So quickly, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. You can do anything. You can do everything. And we're, I think we said it earlier. It's like someone's got to do it. So why not you? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm with you. Nikki, you're so wise. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, any final thoughts on living a fantastic life? Um, I would like if people had one takeaway from this. Yeah. Would be like, what do I need to live a fantastic life? You know, what are my needs? And fulfill those. You know, what are your intellectual needs, emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs? 
because I think a fantastic life is a great way to put it. And I haven't heard that before. Um, so it's like, I know that people are listening to this with an intention to find tools to have a fantastic life. And I wish that for you, you know? Um, so what was your question? Sorry, I got really connected to the <laughs> I was like, I want everyone to, everyone that's listening to this, I just want you to be super happy. It's okay if you're sad, but just, you know, feel that, but be happy too, you know? You know what? That's it. It's uh, that that might be your final thought on it. Living a fantastic life is just be happy. Abraham Hicks talks about it all the time. She's like, just be happy. You want the way to happiness is to be happy, and it, it's such a funny concept, but it really is a choice. Like, where are you placing your thoughts? And and you could focus them on on. Yeah, it, it's it shouldn't be so hard to. It, it's so simple that it's hard to explain. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what's well, a practice? Everything that's good is a practice, you know. And I feel like I've done my uh, done my t- time. I would say time, or done my duty in learning from pain and suffering. And now it's like, yo, wake up! It's time to learn from the joy, you know, and and practice joy. So I love that. Love yeah. it. Last that. How do you practice joy? How do you practice joy? Oh, I'll give you a practice. So there's this practice called puppy panting, and I made it up for the Veterinary Association and Business Business Economic Forum about two weeks ago. And what you do is you smile as wide as you possibly can, and then you imagine a puppy in front of you, in front of you with a tongue out, just panting, and then you match its panting by breathing in and out of your nose into your frontal cortex, and it releases the dopamine and endorphins, and you just smile, and you just keep breathing, and you just keep imagining the joy of the puppy, and you're just like... And you do a little giggle, <laughs> you do a little laugh, you know, you're like, you keep elevating the joy, more joy, <laughs> you know, and uh, you practice joy. I love it. What's better than a puppy? They are so joyful. You're, hey, you nailed it. What the heck? Watch a puppy. <laughs> Brian, I absolutely adore you. It's such a blessing. You are such a, I wish you lived closer. I wish you and your woman lived closer. I know. Oh. Well, we have a spare bedroom. Come stay. Thanks. Well, um, like all, all, so many high vibration souls that are being attracted to Austin, maybe you'll move here too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, my dear, what a blessing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your light with the world and with us. I really, really appreciate it so much. Um, love you. Love you, everybody. Love you, Nikki, so much. Grateful. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, my loves. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe down below right now so that you get notified of the next episode. You can also leave me a quick review. That would help my ratings so much. And you can join me on Instagram where I share a lot of health tips on raising your physical well-being at Dr. Nikki underscore talks health. And lastly, you can join my community where I share my favorite mantras and meditations and inspirational quotes that will raise your vibration and expand your consciousness so that you can start manifesting a truly fantastic life starting today. You can do that by texting I want in to 512-488-6013. All of this information will be in the show notes, but just know that I am here for you. I want to hear from you, and I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Sending you so much love. Big hugs. Bye.